Welcome to Life in the Fit Lane, a podcast about how regular people, young and old, can easily reclaim their health, lose weight, and get stronger. My name is Jeff, and with me is Morgan, a certified personal trainer and primal health coach. And what we hope to do is provide information based upon our own experience with weight loss and fitness to inspire and help others do the same. You are a primal health coach, and that's going to come in handy on this episode because we are going to talk about being fat adapted, and you know all the science behind that, don't you? Correct. We're going to get a little science heavy on this episode. Um, So my dad and I, we were talking about doing an episode on being fat adapted because that is a big aspect of eating carnivore, primal, paleo, even keto, and a lot of people do not necessarily know what that is. And I feel like it's something that will come up in a lot of our conversations moving forward. So we just want you guys to know what fat adapted means, what it means, how you can do it, the benefits of it. So that's kind of what we're going to get into today. So it is important for people to understand that stuff. I know when I started losing weight and, and started seeing some success, I, it's weird because I'm I'm very OCD in some areas, but I never wanted to. It's why I would always tell people that I'm not I'm not doing keto because for sure. I I never I never counted anything. I never counted calories. I never I never added my macros. Half the, yeah. I mean, at first I didn't even know what macros were. <laughs> I used to talk to a friend of mine who's a trainer, and she was like, "Oh well, how you know how how does this go into your macro calculator?" I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> but most people kind of do need that, that like system, I guess, for a lack of, of a better word for sure. Yeah. To understand what it is that they're doing. Like I was, I was accomplishing those things, just not, not doing it in a way that like kept track of every detail. Not necessarily intentionally. You were kind of just exactly happening. Yeah. And I, I also feel like once you kind of started your health journey, we didn't really even know. I mean, that was bef- way before I started my health coaching. So that was before I even heard that word. So I don't even know if you had necessarily known what it was when you started either. Oh, I I don't think I did. I, uh, yeah, I was very much fly by the seat of my pants with all of this as (laughs) as I kind of evolved into the, the low carb world. Yeah. And like I said, I was, I was accomplishing these things, but I wasn't doing it. I wasn't hearing about something and saying, Oh, I need to, I need to do that. Or I need to do that. I was I was just cutting out junk food one by one until I was just eating, you know, a few things and basically accomplishing the same thing. Yeah. Well, we are going to kind of educate you guys today. So that way, if this sounds like something you're wanting or needing to do for yourself, then you kind of have the first bit of information to get started. So, so what does it mean to become fat adapted? Yeah. So the long and short of it, um, essentially being fat adapted is that your body has become metabolically flexible. So that means that your body can now burn fat, glucose and ketones for energy as it becomes available based on your daily dietary intake. So metabolically flexible and fat adapted, um, I will kind of use interchangeably. They essentially mean the same thing. Um, Fat adapted just means that you can burn fat for energy and metabolically flexible essentially means the same thing. Your metabolism is able to pick what source of energy it needs based on what is available. 
So the important thing with that, the majority of our population uh, is not metabolically flexible. So most people that you will talk to, their bodies do not know how to switch back and forth between energy sources. It heavily relies on carbs, which is why in America, specifically in America, <laughs> most of our diets are very carb heavy. That's why you hear people say, oh, you need your carbs. You need to carb load, you know, before exercise that, you know, that is where most of our energy is coming from. That is the only way that a lot of people's body know how to burn energy. Okay. So and it's also why people are constantly hungry. Absolutely. Is it not? Or they sure. think they're hungry. They're not, they're not hungry. No. But yeah. When your body runs out of the, the glucose that it, it's running on, then it's feeding your brain signals. Hey, we need more. And so then you think you're hungry when your body just wants more sugar. For sure. Yeah, no, that, and that's kind of one of the benefits that I'll get into is that your energy storages for glucose can only store between like 1200, 2000 kilocalories, whereas your storage for fat is completely unlimited. So if you are fat adapted, you essentially have an unlimited reserve of energy in your body, whereas being heavily reliant on carbohydrates, you are having to, you know, you eat a meal and then three hours later, you're like, damn, I'm kind of hungry again. And then you need to eat again. And, you know, that's, that's the back and forth yo-yo of relying on carbs is it. You burn through it quickly. Yeah. You burn it for energy, but you burn through it quickly. And then you need, you need more. It's the famous old joke about being hungry as soon as you eat Chinese food. And <laughs> it's not specific to Chinese food. It's just that Chinese food in America anyway, is mostly rice and sugar. So yeah, of course you're going to be hungry. You didn't get any real food. You just ate a bunch of rice and sugar. And as soon as you burn through that, you're going to be hungry again. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, being fat adapted doesn't necessarily mean that your body doesn't need glucose or carbs any longer. It just means that it can go back and forth, like I said. So your your body does have a very minimal glucose requirement for um, like brain activity, or if you're doing a very high intensity uh, training, you do need a little heavier uh, carb load. But for the average person, um, your glucose requirements are going to be fairly low. So, and that can really easily be met through clean eating and without even trying to eat carbohydrates. Um, this is where I think a lot of confusion comes in with the information that people get because there's no shortage of, of like YouTube and, and Twitter and Instagram influencers out there that are these, you know, muscle bound gym rats that load up on carbs, but they also live in the gym. So Absolutely. it's, it, it's, it's, they never really say that if you're going to eat like I do and have these piles of rice and sweet potatoes and, and other things, then you also need to be working out like I do or 
you know, the, the marathon runners that, that load up on carbs, you know, your average person is not putting in that kind of exercise load. So they just don't need all of those carbs. And I, they, they never really add that caveat to that. They're always like, Oh, you guys can eat this. You know, what, what's the problem? And it's like, well, they're, they're not spending six hours in the gym. Like you are. Absolutely. You, like I said, if, if you are doing some sort of high intensity training, you know, like like bodybuilding or training for a marathon or something that takes your all out effort for longer than, you know, 30 seconds, then yes, your, your carb intake is going, your need is going to be a little higher, but yeah, the average person, I mean, I don't, most people don't have time to spend, you know, more than an hour at the gym and that well, is just, most people, it's not their profession, you know, it's, for sure. yeah. these, these yeah. guys that are professional influencers, that's, that's their job. I get it. It's, I don't, you know, I don't judge them or fault them for that, but that is what they do every day. They get up and they carb load and they go to the gym all day sure. and they, you yeah, know, they take some pictures and, and post, but the average you know, if, if you're right, if you're working in an office or, you know, even worse, if you're working some sort of job where, where you're second or third shift and you've got a weird sleep schedule and you know, that's, that's not a realistic way. You've got to, you've got to, you got to tackle those problems with your diet rather than endless exercise. For sure. Yeah. It's definitely more important to tackle the diet first. Um, but so that, that essentially is kind of what being fat adapted is. So then you might ask what are the benefits? Because a lot of people can get by just, you know, eating what they eat, going to the gym and yada, yada. But there, there definitely are some huge benefits to being fat adapted. And I know that both of us have kind of reaped some of those benefits that I do want to get into, but some of the scientific benefits behind it, um, kind of, like I said earlier, so your energy storages are going to be way bigger. Um, okay. So that essentially cuts out the need to eat every couple hours or be hungry every couple hours. Um, I mean, I, I'm a big foodie. I love food, but it is almost annoying whenever you have like a really great meal. And then three hours later, you're like, my stomach's grumbling again. Like that's, that's frustrating. And it's also expensive. Okay. So we do not have the money to be eating like four meals a day, once a day, normally twice a day. I eat kind of one and a half to two times a day. I've, I've adjusted that slightly. I, for a long time, I was just eating once a day. Um, I've, I found that that just wasn't necessarily working in, and it was probably more of a mental thing. Um, but I, I keep a very small eating window. I do eat breakfast. A lot of people skip breakfast. I don't, I, I get up and I eat about 9am to 10am somewhere in that time period. I'll eat my eggs. I might have a little bit of meat with my eggs in the morning, but then later on in the afternoon, about one or two o'clock, that's when I usually eat my meat. And then I cut it off. I don't eat dinner. So a lot of people skip breakfast. I skip dinner. Yeah. I find if I eat too late, I don't sleep well. I, I just, my body works better when I eat earlier and cut everything off earlier. Yeah. So, and I know that a lot of people have given you a lot of grief for 
you know, that doesn't seem like a lot that you're eating, but that is kind of the beauty of being fat adapted because whenever you are eating nutrient dense, you know, protein and fat, that is going to fill you up for way longer than you even realize. And, you know, I'll kind of, I'll get into this as I keep talking about this in the episode. I mean, it takes a bit for your body to adjust, but once you are fat adapted, I mean, you can have a big lunch of, you know, nutrient dense whole foods and not be hungry for hours, hours. Um, and, that, and, especially- and not only is that true, I, I look, it's almost like a magic power. And you're, you said, you know, you're a foodie and you, you look forward to these meals and whatnot. I, I view eating and I always have, even when I was eating junk food all the time, I've always viewed eating as a pain in the ass. It's just, it's something that interrupts my day and I'm like, ah, oh, geez, now I need to eat. Um, I'm not a foodie. I don't care about food. I, you know, if there's good food around, I'll enjoy it. I'll be like, eh, okay, good. But other than that, I, I honestly do not care. The best food for me is food that somebody else has made. Um, <laughs> Cause I just, I just don't care. Um, but when you don't have to eat all the time, it really is like a superpower because you can just get on with your day and do all the other stuff that you want and not have to pause and, you know, prepare a meal, eat the meal, clean up after the meal. And, and then, you know, do that again in three hours or whatever. It's, it, it really is freeing. It is, it is, especially, I mean, I enjoy lots of different types of food. So that's where our experiences with this um, are somewhat different, different that we can kind of talk about maybe in another episode. Like I still love to eat all my vegetables and such, but I mean, it is, I hate cooking. Um, I really hate cooking, um, which is, you know, some people love cooking. My husband loves See, cooking. And I do too. And it's not, I hate cooking. I, it's, it's a time suck to me. <laughs> I, just, it's just, I feel like there's yeah. something I can be better, better it's doing. Never, and it's never and I'll be honest, for me. I was always like that. Even when I eat junk food, because instead of cooking a meal, I would just, I would just throw some tater tots in the toaster oven or something, you know, anything that I could just have something else do. And then 10, 15 minutes later, Oh, here I have food. For um, sure. and, and I, people now, should like not, yeah, people should not take this to mean this is why they should become fat adapted. That's not what we're saying. It's just that if if you are somebody who's like me and views eating as a pain in the butt, then it it's a nice it's a nice bonus, I guess yeah. is what we what I'm really trying to say here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not this isn't necessarily one of the benefits. We're kind of just rambling now, but right. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not the reason to to go down that road. For sure. Yeah. It just happens to be a benefit for both of us. But, um, since we're talking about benefits, the next one I'm going to get into is, um, your cell division decreases. Now this might not really sound like anything that means anything to the average person. Like, what does that even mean? Um, but when your body is fat adapted, it means that you're probably taking in less calories than with a heavy carb diet. Um, with a heavy carb diet, you're, going to definitely have an increase in calories because you're, like I said, eating more foods to kind of satiate that, that hunger. But with a, 
you know, a paleo primal keto carnivore fat adapted diet, it typically means less calories because you're eating less to fulfill your body's nutrients and satisfy you. So what that means is that whenever your body is taking in an excess amount of calories, as with a heavy carb diet, your cell division and your cell growth um, rapidly increases, um, which essentially means that your lifespan is reduced because your cells are rapidly dividing. um, They're growing quicker. So that chalks it up to just a reduced lifespan, which everyone wants to live a happy, long, healthy life. Um, and with a heavy carb diet, it really, that, then that's like a science thing that not many people would even think about whenever they're trying to like start a diet or change their, their ways, but it, it does affect your lifespan for sure. Well, and to put that into layman's terms, you don't see a lot of elderly fat people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just is what it is. You, you don't see a lot of overweight people who are 80 years old or 85 years old. It just, you just, you know, I'm sure there's some outliers out there, but it's just not something you see very often. Cause, cause not only and that's is why. it, yeah. I mean, not only is it, you know, affecting your body in other ways, but you know, like your blood sugar, blood pressure, yada, yada, other things that we can talk about later, but it is speeding up your lifespan. Essentially that is the long and short of it. So those are kind of the main benefits. Um, that yeah. And just real quick, going back to, to not having to eat all the time, as I was telling you before we started recording, I've, I've been a little sick the last couple of days and I really have not been eating. And I woke up yesterday with actual hunger, which is not something people think they're hungry and me included you know, you, you, you eat for a variety of reasons, you know, it's your, it's habit. It's, uh, you know, whatever the reason you're, you're getting ready to go to work. You want to eat before you go to work, but we rarely feel real hunger. And yesterday morning, just after a couple of days of not eating, I was like, wow, I am really, really hungry. And when you feel that real hunger, it's a completely different feeling than, oh, I could eat. Yeah, for sure. That's where especially eating a diet that most Americans do. Um, we, we do kind of lose those hunger cues a little bit because we're just constantly, we're constantly eating. Our society is set up to constantly eat. And that's just, that's just how, how our society is kind of set up. But I mean. And you can go a tremendously long amount of time without eating. I, I don't know if you've ever heard the story. I don't know the gentleman's name, but it's easy to look up online. He was a very obese gentleman. I want to say he was, you know, at least 500 pounds. And he did a a 365 day fast. Now he did this under doctor's supervision. This is not something that people should go out and do. But under doctor's supervision, he took in nothing but water and lived off of his body fat for a full year. And was able to, I can't remember how much weight he lost. What, what, like I said, this Angus is easily Barbary? found online. Angus Barbary? Oh, yeah. I hope I said that right. Look at you, look at you knowing his name. 
No, I just, I, I looked it up. Oh yeah. You're, you're just, way faster at that than I am. I just, but, uh, 365 day fast, but yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Does it say how much weight he lost um, or how much he weighed at the beginning? Cause I know he was a, he was a large, large gentleman. Um, well, of course it he's, he's not American. So I don't know what this yeah, was goes into British? pounds, but he lost 125 kilograms. So whatever that, I'm not a math person. So. That, that's, that's a lot. Um, that is probably over 200 pounds. Black tea, black coffee, and sparkling water. Um, for yeah, so so you can you can go days. quite a quite a long time living off of your body fat. Now, wow. again, he was under doctor supervision. Yeah. Most people aren't over 500 pounds. Most people don't need to lose 200 pounds. But you will find that especially if you want to get rid of those hunger cues that we were talking about, which are mostly mental, you know, if you do go on a little 24 hour fast or a 36 hour fast, something like that, that you can do without consulting a doctor, um, that does help kind of, kind of get rid of those. Um, you'll feel hungry kind of, or what you think is hunger at the very beginning or after say six or eight hours, you're like, Oh my gosh, I haven't eaten in six or eight hours, but you'll find that after, 20 hours, you're like, huh, I'm not so hungry. I, I was, there's a guy I follow on Twitter who just did, I think a 72 hour fast. And he, what he said was what I've, I've never done one that long. I think the most I've ever gone is, is 50, but he was like, yeah, after the first 24 hours, it's, it's not that bad, but not, not saying everybody should go out there and fast either. But what I'm, what I am saying is that your, your body, your body knows, and your, your, your body sometimes knows more than your mind. And even if your mind is telling you to eat, your body might not necessarily need you to eat. For sure. Yeah. And, and this goes again to say that you shouldn't necessarily try a fast until you are a fat adapter. Otherwise you're probably going to feel pretty crappy. Um, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to white knuckle fast, but, but, you know, even if you are just kind of starting out, you can still go like 12 hours. We talked about this, I think in the first episode. Yeah. I mean, don't do like more than a day, but yeah, good. Yeah. I was, I was still eating junk food, but I would stop eating at six o'clock and I wouldn't eat anything until six o'clock the next morning. Right. And that was a great help just doing that. Yeah. I mean, and And then, then as I. Go ahead. I was going to say, then as I did get more fat adapted, I was able to push that further and further and get up to 12 or 14 hours and then 16 hours and then 18 hours. And for a while I was doing 20 hours a day. Um, I usually do about 16 now. That's kind of my norm. So I, I typically, if I cut things off at two or three in the afternoon, you know, I don't eat again until nine or 10 the next morning. And that's, that's like no big deal. That's just routine for me. Yeah. And I, I think that that's interesting that you kind of started with intermittent fasting because um, I think that is kind of good, a good uh, marker for people that are just beginning, even if they haven't quite figured out, you know, what they need to get from the grocery store or what they need to throw away and cut out. Cause that kind of also 
get your mind in the habit like okay we're not gonna have snacks in bed at 11 in the morning or 11 at night anymore you know like we're not gonna have these little snack times throughout the day you know this is when we're gonna eat and that's whenever you should just try to satisfy your nutrients and hunger the most you can and then after that then you're done I think that's kind of a good marker for people to get going at least um so that yeah kinda... it really is and then you know, eventually you, you kind of learn that snacks are mental anyway and once you once you learn that then you've really unlocked a, a superpower because we're so used to and it's out of boredom more than anything else and just having the snacks around you you walk through the kitchen you're doing whatever maybe you're, you're just watching tv and you go to the kitchen and you just you just almost automatically reach for something and you don't need it there's there's no need for you to have a snack it's just you're wanting to to satisfy some other urge for and sure. once you realize you don't need to do that it's just like i said it's it's another level that you're like oh wow yeah i mean especially you know i'm sure there's Eventually, there will be a lot of people that listen to this that are in the restaurant industry too. I mean, that that there's constantly, oh, we messed this up. Here's a bowl of fries. Oh, we messed this up. Here's a something, something. Like there's just constantly. Oh, that was yeah. Part of you. Wor- working in a restaurant was the worst, and I worked in a pizza restaurant when I was younger, and yeah. it was just a constant flow of pizza. It, no one thinks they can ever get sick of pizza, but work in a pizza restaurant, and you will get <laughs> sick of pizza. Yeah, you will eat so much pizza that you just don't want to see it anymore. We've talked about, you know, what being fat adapted is, what the benefits are, and so how how do you become fat adapted? Um, you know, like I said, there is kind of an adjustment period for your body, so it typically takes up to a few weeks um, for someone to become fully fat adapted. And these time periods can be relative longer or shorter, depending on, you know, how healthy your metabolic system is and how many carbs you're currently eating in your daily diet. So, I mean, I think whenever I first started it, it did take me about, you know, two weeks to really kind of feel the benefits of it. So that's where I will say we, you know, we were just talking about how it kind of cuts out the need for snacking, but I mean, I don't, I don't know about you dad, but whenever I first started to try to become fat adapted, I snacks were um, really important to, because you, you're not fat adapted yet. Your body is still relying on carbs and you're cutting out a lot of the carbs. So it's like wondering where to get energy from. So I remember in those first couple weeks, you know, eating a lot of like macadamia nuts or, you know, like a high fat snack that it's not like I was snacking on, you know, chips or whatever, but like a high fat. Yeah, that's where cheese protein. comes in real handy. For sure. Like cheese, you, you, jerky, depending on the ingredients of it, or like some kind of high fat, low carb nut, like macadamia nuts were like my saving grace. Um, that's going to kind of you know, you, you are going to have to eat a little bit more in the beginning stages, but that is going to just kind of keep flooding your body with protein and fat to where if eventually 
there's not really any carb storages to pull from. And then it'll kind of click eventually that your metabolic system. And this is a good time period for people to kind of get over their fear of fat. Um, I know when people first start on keto, they, they, they start adding fat to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're putting butter in their coffee. They're putting coconut oil in their coffee. Yep. They're, you know, just any, any chance they have to add some fat. Now, eventually the time's going to come where that's going to kind of backfire and you don't want to be taking in all that excess fat. Yeah. But when you're first starting out and, and training your body to, to be fat adapted, that's actually really handy for you. For so sure. the things like the, the macadamia nuts, the cheese, the, the butter Avocados. in your coffee, which. Yeah. Yeah. All, all those things are, are very, very, help, very helpful in the early days. And, you know, there, there are healthy ways to get fat or not, not to get fat, but to, to, to add fat to your diet yeah. that, uh, that, like I said, you don't, you don't want to just sit there and pound a bottle of uh, box of nuts or, you know, put a half a stick of butter in your, in your coffee. They're, it's not an excuse to go crazy, but adding these things to your diet is very, very helpful for sure. in eating. keeping you full and satiated and not reaching for pastries or some other, you know, junk food. For sure. Yeah. I mean, eating more fat is going to help you lose fat. And I know that is not what we have been taught <laughs> our whole lives, but it is true. It really is true because the more fat, I mean, once you are fat adapted that, I mean, that is what your energy storage is going to be. You're going to be using fat for energy. So you're burning through that more than you would in a carb filled diet, because you're only burning the carbs that you eat. So you're not ever really getting to burn your fat storages, which is why losing weight can be so frustrating for some people because they're not really tapped into being able to burn all of the fat that their body has stored. And people are so, it's so ingrained in our, in our culture that we need sugar and carbohydrates to have energy. I remember a guy I used to work with that every morning he would show up at work and he would have his, his coffee that was filled with sugar. You know, if, if we were somewhere where there was a Starbucks or a Mc, even a McDonald's where you can get those, those sugary coffee drinks, he would have one of those. But if we were just drinking the, the regular coffee, he would, you know, pile a bunch of sugar in that, but then he sure. would also have his orange juice. And then he would be eating all of the, the pastries that would be put out for us. Mm-hmm. And everybody does that, which that didn't make him unusual, but he had just beaten cancer. So yeah. It would actually yeah. just kind of baffle me that he was doing that to himself. I was like, and, and at the time he, since he beat kidney cancer, he only had one kidney uh, and yeah. he would start every day off with just piles of sugar. Yeah. And we, we got along pretty well. So I'd say, you know, what are you doing this for? And he's like, well, I, you know, I need my, I need sugar to, to start the day. I've got to have energy. I can't just. Yeah. And I was like, no, you don't you're just damaging your body even further than it's already been damaged for sure. But you know, he wasn't having it. He, he quote unquote needed his sugar. And that that's why, you know, talking about this with some people can be so difficult because it is so, so ingrained in our brains that 
you need carbs for energy. And, and essentially it, it is true. Most of our bodies are set up the way because of the food that is available to us, the diet that has been shown that we should eat. Most of our bodies are programmed to only burn, you know, carbs and sugar. So that is, I mean, somewhat correct that, yeah, they need carbs and sugar to keep their energy up because their body isn't able to tap into their other energy storages, which, you know, most people that you're going to talk to on the street are, are going to believe that. And that's where it's kind of confusing for some people to, you know, come up, you know, tell them that you, you really don't need carbs. I mean, I mean, like I said, you do, you have a very small, minimal glucose requirement in your body, but you don't need to like think about eating carbs. It'll come naturally. Confusing. It's confusing for people and very profitable for food companies because as someone who, who's, who's traveled a lot over the last few years, if you do get to where you are fat adapted and you want to cut that out of your diet, and you walk down any street in any city in this country and good luck finding a, a meal that's not just nothing but carbs. They yeah. just don't exist. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, very difficult. And that doesn't even get into whether or not a place uses seed oils to cook with or whatnot. But yep. just finding somewhere to get protein and fat instead of sugar and carbs is, is so hard. And and you walk into any convenience store, any, uh, oh, what's the, the, the place, the, the bread company, Panera, um, the, the chain in the East that, that owns them. I can't remember their name, but it's the same thing. It's just got a different name. Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts, any of these places, you, you just, you, you cannot get anything but sugar and carbs in those places. Mm-hmm. And you see, you know, there's lines out the door every morning of people loading up on their sugar and carbs. And, and most people just don't even get coffee. They get these basically desserts that have a little bit of coffee in them. Yeah. Now that's where I'm going to go ahead and say is that if you are, you know, deciding that you want to take charge of your diet and attempts to become fat adapted is something really important, especially starting off, but really throughout is especially if you're working like in an office or you're on the go a lot is like meal prepping, having like high protein, high fat, like snacks ready available to yourself so that you aren't tempted to like, you know, you're out on the go. You're not going to be home for a while and you're, you're hungry, but your only options are, you know, McDonald's or Starbucks where you probably can't get something that is low carb, you know, having some sort of meal prepped snack is, is really going to kind of save you in the beginning because it is, it, I would say I mean, too, it is, if you work up, in an office, oh, I was gonna say, it's set up for our convenience. That's, that's the whole point. So whenever, Absolutely, yeah. whenever you're trying to eat healthy, it is a bit inconvenient because there are no readily available convenience stops that are going to meet your dietary needs. So no, no, there's, there's very few. And I would say, especially if you work in any kind of office, 
and I know you've, you've worked in offices yourself, the, the amount of, first of all, if you work in a a bigger company that has a, a, like a break room, lunchroom type thing that, that just puts that stuff out for free. There's always donuts, obviously. There's just always, there's always donuts. Then there's always somebody that bakes some cookies or something just for the fun of it and brings it in for everybody. After Halloween, everybody brings in their excess candy. Um, I used to work at a place that the receptionist also ran a a cake business. And once a month, she'd bring in a giant sheet cake that would celebrate that, that month's employees' birthdays. So once a month, we were getting a giant sheet cake and they were fantastic cakes. She knew what she was doing. And, oh, and another thing that this particular office did when the vending machine guy came, he would fill up the vending machine, but then he would leave a pile of product in the break room that didn't fit. You know, like he'd fill it, but he'd have some left over. So he'd just, just constantly leave it all on the table. Face. It's hard. I mean, that was the main thing whenever I worked in an office, because I mean, I've, I've spoken a little bit about this, but I've, I've struggled with an eating disorder and, you know starving myself and then binge eating and going back and forth between that. But donuts are a very big trigger food for me. And there were always donuts in the damn break room. And that, or sometimes they wouldn't even be in the break room. They would be up front with us, like sitting like three feet away from me. That was like (laughs) the ultimate torture. (laughs) Whenever you're just sitting there bored and there's a whole thing of donuts sitting next to you. Like that's just it's, it's so hard for people and it really, you got to tap into some willpower. I mean, even whenever I know we've kind of talked about this a little bit, maybe in like our first or second episode, but even after you are fat adapted and, you know, years into kind of eating like this, living this lifestyle, I mean, donuts still sound great to me. That really has never gone that has never yeah, gone away. Yeah, it doesn't away. go away. I, I thought of you the other night where I was out, I had to get gas and it was after midnight and I stopped in a quick trip, which is a, a Midwestern gas chain that has very good donuts for some reason. They do. But they, it was, like I said, it was around midnight, maybe a that's little bit after. And I, I guess that's when they, that's when they stock them because oh, yeah. I, I went inside to go to the restroom and I walked by the, the donuts that were completely uh-huh. full because they had just stocked yep. them. And, and of course I saw the, the strawberry ones that you say you like. Yep. I just kept walking. So. Yeah. If you've ever gone into quick trip at midnight and gotten a donut, right. When they stock them, that's, that's a different kind of donut. And I don't know how to explain it. I don't know why quick trip <laughs> has such good donuts, but yeah. No, it's I mean, not like they don't make them on site. They come no, from they some, come in like a, lo- I don't even know where they come from. They come in a storage bin. I don't know who makes them, but whoever's doing it, they're doing a good job. Uh, and they're or a consistent, bad job, no matter however. where, no matter where you are, where they have quick trips, they're the same. So yep. you can be in Phoenix, you can be in Missouri, you can be in <laughs> Texas, you can be in Georgia. And somehow those donuts are all the same. Yeah. That's a big <laughs> big uh trigger food for me but (laughs) we've kind of gone off the rails here a little bit so I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to talk about how you can um okay so the first kind of big step of becoming metabolically flexible is starting to restrict your carbohydrates 
So the average person to kind of maintain where you're at should not eat really well. Okay. Let me backtrack. The average person should not have more than 150 grams of carbs per day, which does not seem like a lot. But like I said, if you're not trying to eat carbs, you know, if you're not adding the, the bread or you're not, you know, whatever carb filled sides, entrees, pasta, whatever it be, if you're not trying to eat those, it's actually pretty easy to stay under 150 grams. Like for instance, if you have, you know, like an omelet with vegetables and like bacon for breakfast. And then for dinner, you have, you know, like a pork steak and a side of asparagus, you know, those vegetables are going to have carbs in it, but they're, they're low. So that is, you know, most things are going to have carbs in them, but low carbs, not to where if you're eating a bag of chips and it's like, you know, 40 grams of carbs or whatever it is. So yeah, you'll find if you just cut that kind of food out, you can stay low carb without having to do any measuring. For sure. Like if you know, you're the, just eating whole foods, like meats, right. vegetables, fruits, right. it's very easy to stay under 150 grams. And I should say here too, that when you, when you read articles that kind of criticize a low carb diet, um, a lot of times those articles are written with the perspective that low carb is anything under like 100 grams of carbs which yes is nowhere near low carb yeah but yeah but if like you said if you if you stick with the whole food stick with vegetables fruits meats eggs you're going to be low carb without having to think of how many carbs those foods have for sure and and so that 150 grams it's like 100 and 150 i believe i'm sure not 100 and 150 is like kind of you want to maintain where you're at. If you're trying to, you know, lose some fat, you want to be around 100 and completely different from that. If you're doing keto, that is less than 50 grams. So that is a completely different piece on its own, different science that we could potentially talk about later. Um, but this is just this is not talking about keto being in ketosis. This is just staying in a healthy range of carbs. Um, so since tracking macros and my diet intake can kind of be triggering for me and my relationship with food, um, the way that I did it is just cutting out processed carbs. So, you know, pastries, breads, pastas, if you're going to have a sandwich, get like a lettuce wrap, or a lot of places, um, we just had a Jersey Mike's open up down the road and I love Jersey Mike's, but they do like sandwich bowls, which is like on a bed of lettuce. So things like that, you don't have to, you know, just eat salad because salad can get really boring. There's a lot of ways that you can cut out, you know, bread and pasta and whatever it be. Um, yeah, more and more places are are getting hip to that. You can go, you can get a bowl at Chipotle. You don't have to do the, the, the tacos or the burritos. You can just get a yeah. bowl of uh, five guys. Burgers makes that, that available for you. You can um, even go even to Papa McDonald's. Murphy's and get a pizza bowl. 
Oh, can you? I didn't know that. Interesting to me. Yeah, it's, I don't. I've never tried it because it kind of looks like it might just be a lot of cheese and toppings. But <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, supposed to be like keto friendly. So I mean, if you're really missing pizza, now, then I would say it. that if you're gonna do those things, don't try not to do them every day because a lot of those places are still using a lot of seed oils. For sure. Um, yeah. Maybe not Jersey Mike's because that's more of a, a fresh type of of yeah you know sandwich yeah. toppings but certainly chipotle papa john's i'm sure yeah. um mcdonald's i've yeah. i've gone into mcdonald's numerous times and just gotten the burger patties yeah usually yeah. when i'm on the road and that you know because there's a mcdonald's everywhere double cheeseburger no bun i'll do the uh, quarter pounder patties with no bun wow. um i've always read that their quarter pounder patties are 100 beef so i've never I've I've always just taken that to be true. I don't know if it is or not, but they've got to be cooking <laughs> them in some weird seed oils because I always feel sure. terrible after I eat them. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I, I, mean, I actually try not to do that, but yeah, but These when you're, when options. you're first starting out, yeah. When you're first starting out, you kind of have to do what you have to do. For sure. Especially if you're on the go a lot, these are all good options. If you're just like out and about, um, I mean, and these are all options that you can do at home too. I mean, you can make sandwich bowls at home. You can make pizza bowls at home, uh, things like that. But it just, you know, starting to kind of rewire your brain a little bit, like, and, and these are all good things, even if you're craving something too. Like I love pizza. So a pizza bowl, if I'm trying to be low carb, it sounds pretty, um, awesome to me. So, I mean, that's something that you can do to kind of curb the cravings too, without really kind of setting yourself off track. Um, but, and then, like I said, most vegetables have carbs in them. So if you're eating them in addition to high protein and high fat, then rarely is that going to push you over 150 grams. Um, and then as for protein and fat, Protein is kind of based on your weight and fat percentages. Um, so everybody's everybody's protein intake will be a little bit different. Um, but say that you're like 150 pounds and you have a 10% body fat. So you have 135 pounds and lean mass. So you should be anywhere between like 95 and 135 grams of protein. I think a good rule of thumb starting off and again, but a good rule of thumb per, is uh, like one gram of protein per. So I know you used that um, body weight and, and body fat percentage for easy math, but obviously most people are not that. So let's say you're 195 pounds with 30% body fat. I stump you. No, no, no. I was going to say, if you're you're 150 pounds and 10% body fat, you don't need this. No. Uh, Okay. So say you are, you know, 200 pounds and 20% body fat. So that would mean that you have like, 180 of lean muscle mass. So, and then if you times that by anywhere between 0.7 to one, um, 
So a healthy protein intake for someone like that would be like 120 grams of protein. So whatever your lean muscle mass is times 0.7 is kind of a good starting point. And you can kind of go up to however, so that person could start with 126 grams of protein and they could even go up to 180 because that's how many pounds of lean muscle mass they have. So that's kind of a good starting range for people. If you really want to like get the numbers down, like I said, I, neither of us did that. Um, I, I, I find it quite triggering to track my food. So I don't even attempt to do that. I just kind of try to pay attention to like, okay, this has a good amount of protein. You know, I'm maybe I'm having chicken or steak for dinner and that's a good amount of protein. I had eggs for breakfast. That's a good amount of protein. It's like, that's kind of how my brain works. But for someone that wants to, you know, really try to get on track the right way, that is kind of how you figure that out. Um, yeah, for sure. And you know, you, you say you found it triggering. I'm, I'm just lazy. Um, but <laughs> honestly, if you, if you're, if you focus on your protein and you eat until you're full, you're going to be fine. For sure. It's, yeah. it's, it's actually really hard to hit those protein goals. And this is someone who eats a good pound of meat every day. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, you, you really have to, you really have to eat a lot of protein to, to hit those protein goals, I think. For sure. Yeah. But you know, if, if, if people are out there trying to figure out how much protein they should eat, just focus on your protein. If you're, if you're hitting your protein goals or even coming close to them, you're not going to be hungry for other stuff. And you really have nothing to worry about because all that protein. And if you add a little bit of fat in there, you're, you're going to be satiated and you're not going to want to eat all the time. Yeah. And then, and then pairing that with fat. So there isn't really a number specific to like lose a certain amount of body fat or, you know, a certain amount of intake that you should necessarily have Fat intake should, um, kind of just be paired with protein and make sure that you're feeling satiated. So, I mean, you know, adding avocado with your eggs or cooking your steak in like some grass press, oh, can't talk grass fed butter or ghee, you know, anything high fat that way and just pairing it with your protein. And yeah, like you said, that that's a really good way to start and just focusing on those two until you're full and then kind of just writing it out, see how long you stay full for. And like I said, in the beginning, um, you might need a, a little bit of extra support with snacks, like some nuts, cheese, jerky, but you got to be careful with jerky because a lot of them have a very high sugar content. So you got to do like zero sugar jerky, look at the nutrition labels. Um, but that's, that's really the best way that to get going kind of how we boasted it. How about sleep? Yeah, that, that is, um, that's another big one. So sleep and your stress levels. Okay. That is going to be another big one that maybe you don't even, you haven't even thought about in regards to, you know, getting healthy, losing weight, but it, it does have a big intake. You know, if your body hasn't rested properly, um, makes it a lot easier for, you know, the average daily stressors to 
affect you a little bit more. And when you're stressed, your cortisol levels are high, which means that you're going to crave carbohydrates more. Boy, that's something too that I don't think people, first of all, they, they, they probably aren't aware, but again, as, as I use travel as an example, especially if you're, you're going to a lot of conferences for work or whatever, they always have the breakfast out at 6, 7 a.m. for all the attendees. And it's always pastries, muffins, you know, all the, all the, the usual sweets for everybody in the morning. And, you know, you're talking about donuts, but when you haven't slept, so if you're on the road, you're probably not sleeping well anyway. Your body's already craving that stuff. And then boom, it's right out there for you, free from yeah. taking. And it's, it's so hard to, to, you know, make that connection. It's like, oh, you know, that's exactly what I need. I'm, I'm so tired. I just need my, my blueberry muffin or whatever. And, you know, at, that, at, at, at no time is it more important for you to get some protein in you than right then. For sure. And that's, I mean, that kind of transitions into how important it is to break fast, break fast, like breakfast in the morning with something high protein or high fat, because if you're, you know, starting your day off with a donut or a cheese Danish or cinnamon roll, that is going to A, spike your blood sugar, and B, you're going to burn through that really quickly, and C, that is going to set your body up to expect more of that throughout the day, as opposed For to sure. if you start and even something that something high fat, high protein. Even something that people think is healthy for them, like a, like a bowl of oatmeal, it's mm-hmm basically doing the same thing it's the same thing yeah it has the same um insulin blood sugar response in your body and it's going to be used for energy the same way a donut would and that always pisses people off whenever i say that eating yeah i don't like that i I see that argument on (laughs) I, i i see that on uh when when people talk about oatmeal on Twitter and and there's always a stream of people saying, Oh, well now you've lost me. You're telling me that oatmeal is not good for me. And you know, sorry folks, oatmeal is not good for you. And your body, you know, if you eat a big old Hershey's bar, as opposed to a big bowl of cereal or a bowl of oatmeal, uh, your body is going to use it for energy the same way. Maybe one has more or less sugar than the other. But your body doesn't know the difference. I'm sorry. And that's some mad. coming from somebody that I love oatmeal. I really, yeah. really like oatmeal. And when I, I had to give that up, too. I was, I was, I was pretty sad. But yeah. you used to be a big oatmeal guy. Oh yeah. Every morning. And I would, I would load it up with blueberries and you know all sorts of stuff. But uh, yeah, that's that's not a good way to start your day off. Yeah, it's not, and that really just, you know. It really does set your body up for how the rest of your good day is going to go. So if, if you're starting your day with that, that's just kind of setting yourself up to make more decisions similar to what you had for breakfast. So that's why it's really important, especially starting off to start your day with something 
high protein, high fat, and that is going to a fill you up for longer. So you're not feeling like you're hungry in an hour, but B, you know, set yourself up to make healthy decisions. It's all right. We've just about covered it, right? I think so. I just brain dumped a whole information, bunch of information on you guys, but I hopefully that kind of made it a little easier for you to understand what being fat adapted is, you know, how it's good for you and how you can achieve it at home. Just a normal average person trying to make healthier choices. You know, it's, it's something that you can, you can do at home. And I hope that this has made it a little bit easier for you to understand and maybe motivates you a little bit to make some healthier choices. Well, it's definitely a topic that we'll talk about more and more because it's, it's kind of the basis of everything. So you'll hear us talking about it more and more. And, and, you know, if you have any questions about any of this or would like to know more about our experiences, they can reach you Morgan through your website. And that's where the healthy three.com. And I am at betteroffstrong.com and we would be happy to answer any questions and hear from you. So feel free to stop by those. And uh, you can also reach our social media accounts through the websites too. It's just easier to send you to the website. Then you can go do all the other stuff. For sure. All right, cool. Well, until next time, this has been Life in the Fit Lane. And for Morgan, this is Jeff. And we'll talk to you next time.